This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Eighty-six percent on the season, five-point lead. Already gave him the player of the game, and he's he keeps proving it. Right. Oh, look what he did! <laughs> How fitting is that? Georgia Tech has won the ACC championship. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. One of the best moments of the weekend, Georgia Tech winning the ACC championship and the reaction with the players right after the game. It was, it was a lot of fun. And right here, we told you, 25 to 1, that number's probably wrong. You might want to grab that, and things fell your way if you jumped on Georgia Tech and you got a nice winner heading into the NCAA tournament. This is BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network. Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat with you the day after Selection Sunday. Uh, let's bring in Mike Rutherford, having him on much of the college hoop season at Card Chronicle on Twitter. He's a founder and manager of CardChronicle.com. Okay, Mike, let's start here. For now, what is the more fascinating story to you? Some of the outlandish conspiracy theories that you're hearing from uh, some of your fans uh, about Louisville and why they are out for now or just uh, just seeing Iona and Rick Pitino make the rounds last night from a dingy hotel? If you've ever seen the movie This Is the End, when the world <laughs> starts exploding and like all of Los Angeles is on fire and giant cracks are opening up in the middle of the ground, that's basically what the city of Louisville woke up to this morning, figuratively. Uh, <laughs> not, not quite literally, but uh, with Louisville being the first team out of the tournament, with uh, Rick Pitino being in, with Louisville fans feeling like they can't make fun of Kentucky fans anymore for having a historically bad season. It's just anger at Chris Mack, anger at the committee, anger at fellow fans, anger everywhere. Whole city's on fire. It's not changing anytime soon. It's supposed to be the best time of the year in the city, and instead it's just engulfed in figurative flames. Mike, do you think do you think the committee got it right? Is there anything that bothers you? Because I look at this bracket, man, and yeah, Louisville, maybe you can make the case for, but I feel like they got it right for for the most part. And I'm really excited for all these matchups. Anything that bothers you as you look at your bracket? No, I'm I'm with you, and I think with Louisville fans, there are a few gripes with the fact that Syracuse got in so comfortably above them. I mean, Syracuse was not even in the first four, and when you look at their resumes. Both teams had one quad one win. Louisville's quad one win was was better than Syracuse's. Um, Louisville had the same amount of, of Q2 wins with significantly fewer opportunities because of COVID. So I think there's been a little bit of griping with that. But for the for the most part, Louisville fans recognize that this team did it to themselves. They had ample opportunities down the stretch to, to win a game that would have solidified their spot. Um, and they didn't get it done. And they did not look good in either of their last two games. So at the end of the day, you can nitpick here and there, but really they've got nobody to blame but themselves. And uh, to, to your broader point, 
I'm with you. I, I think the bracket, it wasn't a year where there was a team that everybody thought was going to be like a nine seed and that team somehow was in as a five and it just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense or where the overall number one seed didn't get as protected as they probably should have been. But Gonzaga, I think, wound up with probably the easiest reason, which is how it should be. And that's what that's the, the the gift you're supposed to be given when you're the tournament's overall number one seed. And so when you look down, I mean, a couple things here or there, but really overall, there's nothing you can just lambast the committee over. I think they did a pretty good job. What a strange place to be in. I mean, that's where we've been over the last calendar year. We're, we're all just happy that we have a tournament, but if you're a Louisville fan, like you have to hope teams get COVID. I mean, it's just, no. it's, it's, it's wild. Uh, and so we're going to find out Tuesday, six o'clock Eastern. Uh, that's the deadline, right? Like, so the Louisville will know Tuesday night if they're in. I, I want to make it, you're right. I think it's Tuesday at six o'clock, but I do want to make one thing um, just perfectly clear to the BetQL daily audience. Um, I'm not rooting for COVID. I know a lot I of people are, are, using, are using that term, rooting for COVID. Um, would it make me immeasurably happy if a team had to withdraw and Louisville got to take their place? Yes. Uh, Having said that, I am not rooting for COVID. I, <laughs> we recorded it. Co- co- Mike, co- COVID already won, man. But Texas yeah, defeated COVID, them. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know if you heard. <laughs> You're exactly right. But I mean, we recorded a podcast last night and we're talking about, you know, Tony Bennett's public comments about Virginia status and, you know, is Kansas going to be okay with what they've got? And we both kind of stopped and we were like, what are we talking about here? Like, like, like what kind of world are we living in? Where yeah. this is, it's almost, it's almost more mean to, to, to have this thing drag on to like give you that false sense of hope for two days where you're frantically checking <laughs> team medical reports. It almost would have been better if we just had the finality of last night. This is brutal. It's it's just awful. Yeah, I wasn't rooting for COVID this weekend, but if Virginia plays, Georgia Tech, I'm probably about nine hundred dollars richer this morning. You know, bringing up Georgia Tech, what lower seeds do you see, or you know, who are the underdogs that can make a run in this tournament? Because we continue to look at the favorites. Obviously, Gonzaga. You know, if Baylor's hitting their shots. Illinois is playing really good basketball right now. Who are some of the teams, maybe the sleepers, that you could see making a deep run in this tournament? I think one thing to look at, and ever since the first four became a thing, which the the first year was back in 2011, there's only been one time, and it was actually the most recent tournament in 2019, where one team out of the first four hasn't won at least one game in the main draw. Uh, Typically, one of the teams that gets in as the 11 or 12 in that at-large scenario winds up going on to beat a six or a five, and a lot of times that team goes on to to make the Sweet 16. I actually really like, and it's, again, just – stabbing myself with, with a knife here because this is the spot where Louisville fans thought they were going to be. But I really like whoever wins that Michigan State-UCLA game on Thursday to go on and knock off BYU. I think they've got more physicality than the Cougars have seen in West Coast Conference play. BYU's really fun to watch offensively. They do not defend at all. And I think they're, they would be a, a perfect matchup for a team like Michigan State, which, which could smack them around a little bit. And then if they're able to advance out of that round, I, I know Texas just won the Big 12 tournament. I still think they're a little bit vulnerable um, as a three seed down there. Would not be shocked at all if Michigan State or UCLA, whoever wins that game, winds up going to the Sweet 16. Uh, I like that draw a lot. I also really like Oregon coming out of the Pac-12. I think they've got a good draw at the bottom half of that Gonzaga region where if they play Iowa, I think that's not a terrible matchup for them. 
I think Iowa can score on them, but I also don't think Oregon will have much of an issue scoring back against them. And then Kansas, I know they're a big brand name, but I don't think that this is the, this is the typical Kansas team. I think they're a little bit vulnerable as a three seed with the COVID stuff notwithstanding. So I would not be surprised at all if Oregon comes out of that bottom half of that West region and winds up meeting Gonzaga in the regional final. With Mike Rutherford at Card Chronicle on Twitter, this is BetQL Daily Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat. So the first thing that everybody does is, okay, where, where's my 12 over the 5? Where's my 12 over the 5? And, you know, you can find a 13 to defeat a 4 from time to time. It seems like the public play so far, Mike, is uh, Santa Barbara over Creighton. Do you have a, a 5-12 upset or a 4-13 that you already have circled? I like the, the, the UCSB over uh, Creighton. I think that's a good matchup. UCSB has a, a lot of down transfers from high major programs. They're a really talented team. But I think the one to circle, and this is also going to be a really trendy pick, is Winthrop over Villanova. Villanova is the walking wounded right now. They don't have Colin Gillespie. I know Justin Moore went through warrants before the Georgetown game in the conference tournament a couple of days ago. But at best, he's going to be limited as well. And Winthrop is really, really good. And they're not a team that you want to be limited against because they're going to get up and down. And they're also not like the standard, typical mid-major, low-major makeup. They have a point guard in Chandler Baldwin who's 6'7". And you don't typically see, you know, ball handlers who are 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", at that level of basketball. Um, he's, a, he's a good scorer. He was in the top five in the nation in assists. He was, in, he was the number two rebounder in the entire Big South. He does a little bit of everything. He can, I don't want to say he can single-handedly win that game for him, but he gives them a gigantic advantage against the Villanova team that's missing its own point guard. So I like Winthrop a lot there. There are a number, I think, of 14-3 matchups that are interesting, namely Ohio versus Virginia. You've got to be able to shoot the ball well against Virginia. Ohio is one of the best three-point shooting teams in the entire country. Virginia also has its COVID issues going on right now. They're the one team that we don't really know exactly what their status is going to be. But even if they're fully healthy, I think Virginia is a little bit more vulnerable this year than maybe the analytics give them credit for. And a team like Ohio with an electric guard in Jason Preston uh, can absolutely pick them off. So I, I would definitely have that one circled. Mike, I'm glad that you brought up Virginia. Do you think that there's a team in this tournament that maybe we're overvalu- overvaluing? It could be um... – you know, a favorite, like maybe Baylor because they were so good the majority of the year, but they're not playing their best basketball right now. Or maybe even a dog like Georgetown, you know, who just got done winning the Big East tournament. But I don't really love their first round matchup. Is there a team maybe we're overrating that you're just going to stay away from that, you know, is going to be a very public, uh, that the public's going to love? I like the Baylor pick because they, they have been, I mean, they haven't looked quite like themselves the last couple of weeks since they came back from COVID. I know, I know they played a really good game against West Virginia near the end of the regular season, but still, Getting a team like North Carolina potentially in the second round I think would be a, a tough matchup for them, especially considering how well Carolina has been playing the last couple of weeks. But the team that I would circle um, that's getting a lot of love that I think maybe is a little bit overvalued right now, there's always one major conference tournament champion that probably gets a little bit more of a boost than they deserve just because of a recency bias. And I would point to, I mentioned them before, but it's Texas, I, I think to me, they probably didn't deserve to beat Texas Tech in their first Big 12 tournament game. There was a late foul uh, that allowed Matt Campbell to go to the line and hit the, the, the game-winning shots. Um, and I think it was a questionable call at best. And then they get the automatic buy past Kansas because they've got to pull out of the tournament. And to their credit, played really, really well against Oklahoma State in the title game. But it's just a Texas team that has not been consistent all year long. Um, you had the blow-up between Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones in the middle of the game a few weeks ago. 
there's definitely some chemistry concerns there. And Shaka Smart, not only has he struggled to get into the tournament since the, uh, the, the BCU run to the Final Four in 2011, but when he has gotten to the tournament, hasn't had a whole lot of success there. So I, I don't think they have the worst draw in the world, but Texas is still a team that I would circle and say, yeah, three seed seems just a touch high. I wouldn't go ahead and pencil them into the second weekend automatically. Mike, any ones or twos that you think are in danger of missing the Sweet 16? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Like I mentioned, I think like I did a quick immediate when the bracket was after I you know, finished drying my Louisville-related tears. I uh, did a quick uh, <laughs> run through the bracket last night, and I had North Carolina beating Baylor in the second round. It's, it's rare that all four number one seeds advance to a regional final. Uh, it's really rare that you get the majority of two seats and one seat into a regional final or even into the second weekend. There's always two or three that wind up getting picked off. And, and Baylor looks at least a little bit vulnerable. Um, you know, they rely, unlike Gonzaga, they rely on just natural toughness and, and, and on-ball defense. They are a gritty, great college basketball team that's not loaded with a whole bunch of pro talent. And I think when you go up against a team that does have next-level talent, like North Carolina does. I mean, North Carolina has two or three pros in that roster. The freshman guards, KJ, uh, Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, have really come around lately. That's a game where a really good college team that relies on just really good college philosophy and teamwork and all those intangibles can get picked off. So I, I would not be shocked at all if Baylor does go to the Final Four. But if you told me today that they are only going to win one game in this tournament, that also wouldn't surprise me. Mike, if you can make one bet, where do you see the most value in either the first four or the first round of this tournament? What would be your favorite bet? And also, you know, in your opinion, do you think that we should be playing these numbers right away or do you think we should wait till it's closer to the tournament until Friday just because of all the uncertainty with COVID? Like if we find out two guys can't play, you know, you only need five guys uh, to, to go right now. So if a team's going to be down to like six, seven players and you're already on them, like – you know, I, I think that that's a good question to ask right now with all the uncertainty around this tournament. Should I be looking to make my bets right now if I really like something, or should I wait closer to the tip-off because these lines are moving already? No, I think it's a fantastic point, and I think if we learned anything from conference tournament week, it's that if you can you know, wait until the very last second, you do so. Um, it wasn't just the big tournaments either. I know Virginia and Duke both had to pull out of the ACC, and Kansas had to pull out of the Big 12, but there were, I believe, four mid to low major teams that had to forfeit games uh, during their conference tournaments and then one in Charleston Southern who had to pull out right before the start of the tournament. So you just don't know. And like you said, I, I don't expect there to be the same number of, of forfeits or uncontested games, however you want to phrase that. But I do think you're going to have situations where a couple of guys test positive 
and a team winds up being shorthanded. I mean, Virginia, again, Tony Bennett's comments last night, I think cast a lot of doubt into whether or not this team is going to be at full strength if they do, or if they are able to play Saturday night. I mean, he was saying, we've got some guys that are healthy. We've got some guys that aren't. We're working hand-in-hand with the NCAA to follow all their protocols. So even if Virginia is able to play against Ohio, it wouldn't be a shock at all to hear, like, you know, maybe they don't have Hauser. Maybe they don't have Kia Clark. Maybe they don't have this one really big piece that gives them an advantage in that game. And maybe we don't find out about it until uh, Friday night or, or Thursday night. So, yeah, the longer you can hold off on making your bets, probably the better for this year's tournament. Mike Rutherford, cardchronicle.com, at cardchronicle on Twitter. Mike, always appreciate the time. Can't wait, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. There's Mike Rutherford. Good info there. Does a great job year-round covering the ACC. So when he's breaking down those matchups, dude knows exactly what he's talking about. Uh, so pay close attention there. Yeah, everyone's on Santa Barbara. Yeah. Winthrop upsetting Nova. That makes sense. Now, I will add what he was just saying about Virginia. I totally get it, and I'm a better who usually wants as much information as possible. But if you know you like the Ohio side, don't you bet it right now? Besides, yes, it's the futures that kind of scare me, like conference tournament weekend. Like if you had a Virginia future. But if you're leaning Ohio, don't you bet it now? Because it's probably only going to go up, or or maybe it won't. I don't know. I See, it's tough. It's tough. I don't know. Yeah, I I think it's a good question, you know, especially because – you know, in, in years past, I get these in now, but right now I'm like, oh, man, do I wait until it's closer to tip to see what this roster is going to look like? Tonight's NBA card is next. I'm Becky L. Daily.